This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, so tonight we're going to do something that maybe the folks on Sunday might not have an opportunity to do. They might get to see this. I'm not sure um, what Pastor Melissa will you know, say after this. Uh, but certainly, they're not going to get an opportunity to talk back. So we're going to watch a little clip, a little movie clip, and then you all, hopefully, will have something to say about the clip. Uh, and so we're just going to watch it. I'm not going to say much else about it yet. And then we'll see what your thoughts on uh, this scene will be following. And so for those reasons, I believe the crankbait is the most versatile and fruitful lure you could possibly have. Well, that concludes this week's discussions. I um, want to thank everybody for coming out today. I also want to thank our newest member, Andrew, for showing up and joining us today. Thank you. Okay, so does anybody have any announcements or any upcoming events or dates we need to know about? Oh, oh yeah, we got the bait sale coming up on the 23rd, and we use everybody's help for that. Also, our uh, group potluck is coming up on the 30th, and it's going to be in the main hall, and I will be bringing my mama's famous chili. That's right, that's right. 30th main hall potluck supper. Also, there's a great fly fishing seminar over in Monroe this weekend. Um, I'm going to be carpooling, so if anybody wants to go, they just let me know. Tickets are $5, and the speaker is supposed to be amazing. That's fantastic. If anybody wants to go with Rick, be sure and get with him after the, the meeting, all right? Anything else you think of? Yeah, uh, what's your woodland fishing trip? I already real, and I'm ready to try it out. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, I'm going fishing. Okay, what about this Saturday? Oh, it's, it's supposed to be, like, really cold that day. Next Saturday? That's the day of the bake sale. We can't miss that. Two weeks, maybe. Like, on Thursday, I'm not going to take off. I have classes, like, all day. How about the summer? Should I fish like to swim south for the summer? I gotta get my dogs, baby. <laughs> also, I'm allergic to water. How can my neighbor change all his light bulbs? Got high calling count that. My mom had a really bad reaction one time. I think it runs in the family. It's my dog's birthday. He's turning four. I just can't handle the sun. Do you even have your license? Do you have your permit? Could you tell me what's the difference? I got this blue card in the middle. I'm not sure. I think it was a voting license, but I don't have a vote, so I don't know why they sent it to me. Has anyone here gone fishing ever? <laughs> so nobody has actually ever gone fishing in a fishing group here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's nice meeting y'all. Good luck. Oh, hey. We still need to elect the Apollo chairman. All right, so someone in your own words, just tell us what was happening there. They don't fish, that's right. And what, what was the meeting? So yeah, they don't fish. And the, the funny, the humor is, what... Well, what was the club? 
seems like they could have used what they were talking about. You know, I don't know what was going to be talked about with the place where I was willing to the seminar and you know, those kind of things. And the fact that the guy mentioned that what crab meat was the best bait or whatever. But there was no application. And no practice. No practice or application. So they were pretty good at talking about and they even used the right language. They talked about some blurs and tapes and that sort of thing. They had they had their equipment. Somebody had a hat on. They were evidently raising money for their club so they could have bought more supplies and bait. But they actually, well, not only did they not practice or fish, they went silent when the new guy asked. I mean, it was the first time they shut up in the whole movie. And then uh, another piece, there's another piece when he asked, when the new person asked about going fishing. It was a what is almost all of them came up with what? Excuse. Excuse the why. Anybody pick up the the verse, the the verse that flashed up on the screen? Basically, I mean not quote it, but basically what what did it say? Or, or where it was from? It was from James. James yeah. James chapter one. And uh, it was just one verse, but I'm gonna read a passage here. You must be doers of the word. And not only hearers who mislead themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. So it's interesting this small group setting here, the fishing club, uh, should hit home for us as Methodists um, because the reason we gather here under the name Methodist is because Wesley looked around his church in England when he was a priest. He looked around and he saw basically a social club on one hand. And so the church was really good at bake sales. The church was really good at doing all the sorts of things that 
any other social club would do of the time. But he didn't see any spiritual spirituality. He didn't see any reaching out to the community. He didn't see any changed hearts. And he even looked at his own heart and some introspection and said, there's got to be something different with us than the ordinary culture around us. And I don't see any, any difference. And so the Methodist movement got started by small groups, just like the fishing club, small groups of men and women that got together and held each other accountable for walking the walk, for being doers of the word, for repenting of their sin, for studying the scriptures, for fasting, for serving others, uh, for taking care of one another, for edifying each other, and for uh, living a life that's honorable to God. And so the movement uh, went on from there and spread all throughout England and all throughout the world. One of the reasons we were so successful as Methodists here in the New World, in America, was because of our small group structure that did all those things that Wesley wanted the groups to do. We spread like wildfire into the New World. And these spiritual disciplines that we're talking about during Lincoln were at the cornerstone for setting people up for success in terms of their relationship with God terms of transformed lives and growing in their faith and being doers of the word. And so as people received the grace of God, uh, they responded to it in these ways. And in order to grow, they did these things. Uh, tonight, or last week, we talked about meditation and prayer. Just briefly, did anybody uh, do anything different this week or revisit your own meditation life or prayer life? Anybody want to add anything to it? You just didn't? Anybody try anything new that they've never tried before? There was a meditation or the way you prayed or where you prayed or when or how often? How often? Yeah, so you, did you increase? Increase the decrease? Increase. Good. I prayed with a candle. That's how I came on the table and really, for someone with ADHD or just prone to Distraction, and it really helped me stay focused. Well, tonight we move on to uh, two more disciplines fasting and studying the Bible. Uh, and we're just going to be brief with these because, again, Richard Foster is the uh, where we get this title celebration of discipline. It was a classic a book that he had written a long time ago 20, 25 years ago, uh, or longer, I don't know. Uh, it's been around for a while. And one of the things that he does in his writing, at least in this volume, is that um, you know, he is trying to reintroduce the church to these ancient disciplines. He's trying to encourage us to pick them back up, maybe. He's trying to uh, get us to see the biblical foundations for these disciplines and trying to get us to uh, and put our foot in the water. He does not spend a lot of time on saying, this is how it has to be done, or this is the only way to do it. Uh, he's not legalistic in that way, in any way, shape, or form. And so we want to do the same with our preaching. Just give you a little taste of it, uh, and it's an encouragement, and then let you run wild with it. Uh, and so we're going to start with fasting tonight. Fasting is um, extremely countercultural. Because our stomachs, your stomach and my stomach, usually, if you're a normal human being, 
a normal American human being, our stomachs are king or queen of our lives. Uh, I, I've read somewhere along the line that your stomach loves to lie to you. Your body loves to tell you you need more uh, when you really don't, or you need more sugar when you really don't. Uh, and so uh, we have food in abundance, even when we're, uh, even maybe when we're living paycheck to paycheck in this area of the world, we still have food in abundance most of the time. Uh, and so we can get it anytime we want, 24-7. And so the, the thought of going without food is extremely countercultural. But fasting uh, is something that uh, is in the biblical narrative from beginning to end, in the Old Testament and New Testament. And it's something that along the way, unfortunately, the church has placed less and less emphasis on and we have lost this art and this practice. And it's really a shame, and it's really meant to our faith. And so the first place to start when we talk about fasting is this passage that we have for us. Just these three verses for this week is from the Gospel of Matthew, and it's right there with the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has just talked about giving. Jesus has just talked about prayer, where we have the Lord's Prayer. And now we have this section on fasting, and it talks about when you fast, don't do it like the hypocrites, um, and you know, the rest of that passage. And usually when you and I read this, or our Sunday school teachers talk about it, or Pastor Melissa, or myself, or another pastor or priest uh, deal with this passage, we talk about, the we go right to the secret nature, they do this in secret, don't make a big show of your fasting, and that's what we teach them, they're like, you know, don't go out there and, and make a big show of your of your spiritual discipline. Um, and we do that because that's what three and a, or two and a half of the verses talk about. Uh, but tonight I just want to raise one thing, one little phrase here, and that's the first phrase in this passage. Jesus says, "And when you fast, and when you fast." So what is that? Assume. What is Jesus assuming? That you will fast. Alright? So it's not a law. He doesn't say here, you have to fast. Uh, and so it's not a commandment, like, I command you to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, or the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Uh, but it is a clear assumption that Jesus believes that we are going to be doing this. And so he says, when you fast. Not if, not when you get around to it, not if your friends are doing it, but when. When you fast. And so there's an assumption here. The apostles fasted. Uh, it was in their Jewish heritage as well. Fasting and prayer go together in the scriptures. Fasting and worship go together. Uh, it's a continuous, it's not, it doesn't just pop up here. It's in the Gospels. It's in the, the prophets, it's in the, the Torah, it's in the epistles. Paul talks about it, it's throughout. When you fast. Um, and so that is the first thing to, to really clear the deck here is that we are expected by our Lord. So if you have a red letter Bible, this is in red. Jesus himself is saying, and when you fast. Um, the second thing is that I wanted to raise a couple points from uh, Foster. Richard Foster says... Make sure when we're talking about fasting uh, that we understand the purpose of fasting. 
The purpose is to to stay centered on God. Alright? So this is a, the primary purpose is all about worship of God. And thinking about our relationship specifically with Christ, and this is a sacrificial relationship with in religion. It's a sacrificial religion. It's all built on Jesus sacrificing for us. And so we're giving up food for a period of time as a sacrifice, um, as a way to Clear things out to stay more focused on God. It's a, that's the primary thing is to stay focused on God. We'll just pause for just one second and just just say a little bit about uh, fasting. Um, first of all, has anybody ever used that as a as a as, as a spiritual discipline? Anybody do that? A few of us. I guess we're scared to raise our hands because the scripture says do it in secret, right? Um, but anyway. Um, Again, um, everybody, there, there are different, if you're going to, if you're going to fast, uh, Foster and other people will suggest, uh, if you never have fasted or you haven't in a while, uh, to go about it slow and easy. You don't go to an absolute three-day fast right off the bat. Uh, if you're under the care of a doctor with blood pressure or sugar or all sorts of things, talk to your doctor first. Your doctor is going to encourage it. Uh, but talk to them first. The doctor's not going to look at you and say, no, Keith, you can't skip a meal. Uh, but, in, in, in seriousness, you know, Melissa has gestational diabetes, so she knows that there's some implications to missing meals, and so she would have to talk to her doctor about that, um, and, and whatever. Um, and so that's okay, but in most cases, our health is not a deterrent, and actually the doctor would be very pleased if we were doing some sort of fasting uh, on a regular basis. Um, but fasting enough to uh, you know to, to get started. Maybe you miss a you just you say you know, your last meal is at lunch, and you're going to skip dinner and breakfast the next day, and pick up lunch the next day, uh, or a 24-hour fast once you build up to that. Uh, two or three-day fast, or for uh, you know advanced advanced fasters, uh, and, and so Foster kind of lays all that out as well. But the purpose being to stay focused on God. To be sacrificial in, in your discipline, uh, and then connect it with prayer and scripture reading and the other disciplines as well. Um, and then he talks about an interesting secondary purpose. Um, the secondary purpose being uh, fasting. Foster says fasting reveals to reveals the things that control us. I talked about king and queen, uh, but fasting reveals the things that control us. Uh, interesting, uh, David. Psalm 69 uh, talks about pride being one of his sins. And he says, I humbled my soul through fasting. I humbled my soul through fasting. I love that line. So when you fast, it kind of can reveal things that control us. I know that uh, one of the things that Foster talked about was being angry. A lot of times when people get, you know, that Snickers commercial, right? When you're hungry, uh, call that hangry. Uh, and so it reveals, so he says that's not really, uh, it's not the hunger that's making you angry. You're already an anger, anger, angry, anger is already an issue for you. Uh, the fasting is kind of revealing that to you. I know that when I'm hungry around Melissa, I get more scattered. And eventually she'll just say, go eat something. You're driving me crazy. 
And so that it then reveals about how ADHD comes to the uh, flowing uh, when I'm hungry. Uh, but the secondary purpose is fasting can reveal things that control us. So if you focus on God, but also you can learn something about yourself uh, from these disciplines, the discipline of fasting, connected with prayer and worship, can be a powerful way to grow in your faith. Going back to Wesley and the small groups, it was uh, the small groups held one another accountable for that. So when they got together, it wasn't like a fishing club. They weren't talking about you know bake sales and doing things like that. And so hold one another accountable for their sinfulness and for their reading, for their prayer, for their care, for their neighbor, for fasting. Uh, it was they, they fasted on Wednesday and Friday. One day wasn't good enough for Wednesday and two Wednesday and Friday. In fact, you cannot be ordained uh, in Baptist food and you fast. have a command. have a here for you from our family. Uh, in fact, yeah, fast. Um, and so I do to add, you know, skip maybe one meal and then place of it within extra prayer and, and reading of your scriptures and see what that does for you uh, in your spiritual life. The second discipline tonight, uh, and I'll try to be brief with this, is uh, study, study of scriptures. And with small groups were formed by Wesley to get together and join uh, and always on such a well. Studying the scriptures uh, to be transformed. And so, passion last and meditating on the word and reading for Jesus. It's separate from what we're talking about this week in terms of study. Uh, study is trying to learn something about God and trying to have your heart and your mind transformed uh, by the reading of, of Scripture. That's the famous line from the Apostle Paul where he says, you know, the uh, transformation through the renewing of our minds in Romans 12. Um, and so we're approaching this book, the Bible, um, with the idea that we're going to be transformed through study of it. Uh, a couple of things that Foster mentions about uh, study uh, he says there's a there's a process to it. Uh, when you're coming, you're not just coming uh, and say, hey, I'm going to read you know, Psalm 119, read a couple of verses, and then get back to work. So, you know, that's like devotional reading or, or you know, just spending some time with the book. Uh, but studying is an investment, and it involves four, uh, four steps, uh, repetitions. So if you want to study the Word, you know, you, you're going to read something again. And so you take this Psalm 119, which is a long one, by the way, and you read it over and over again. You concentrate. Step two is it's you have to concentrate. And so again, we talked a little bit about that last week and how hard that is in this world today because we have so much noise. And disruption and noise is the devil's favorite tool. And so we have to figure out a way where we can concentrate as we're reading this. Three is comprehension. So it doesn't do any good to read the words on the page if we're not um, comprehending any of it. And so we've got to work on our comprehension. And then finally, uh, reflection. So you've got to leave time uh, an opportunity to reflect. And so uh, Foster says those were the four steps. And, there, and as a former teacher, sure Keith would agree, uh, those, are, are, those are pretty good steps to studying anything. You know, repetition, the concentration, comprehension, and reflection. And so we were going to bring that to the Bible. Um, we can see uh, why that would work as well. And then he also went further, not only are there steps, but Foster also said there's intrinsic rules to follow if you really want to be studying the Word. And I like these because it relates to something we already do here. Um, 
or encourage you to do as a parish. Number one, the intrinsic rules are understanding. Number two, it's interpreting. And number three, it's evaluating. So any book that you're picking up, or any passage, uh, any story that you're reading, uh, you, know, you want to understand it, interpret it, and you want to evaluate it. He says the problem with us and the problem with culture is, usually when we pick up a book, we're already evaluating it before we even read it. So we get those steps out of order. Uh, but he says that's not that's not helpful uh, when you're reading the scriptures. Um, so he said we want to understand, interpret, evaluate. And he says even, so with all that, we talked about steps, we talked about intrinsic rules, he says even all that is inadequate if we don't go along with we don't put it along with uh, our experience uh, and experience with other books, the other books of the Bible or commentaries, and live discussion. We put the emphasis on getting together and talking with one another. And since if you can do all that, then you're on your road to studying the Bible, studying the scriptures, studying these passages, not just reading them for devotion, which is good. Not just reading them to get an application for life, which is good, but, but reading for study is setting yourself up to be transformed and bringing yourself anew and coming out of it as a different person. So he encouraged us to do that. And so fasting and studying go together. I'm glad they're here tonight together. Um, and I encourage you to spend some time this week away from food with your Bibles, coming to it to, to really want to understand, interpret, and evaluate. Uh, the way we kind of sum all that up uh, for you is when you're reading a piece of Scripture, uh, and say, let's just say it's Matthew 6, 16 to 18, so you're reading the Scripture, uh, these words of Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, uh, His teaching, uh, a way to kind of summarize all that I just said from Foster, is you can ask yourself three simple questions. What does this passage say about God or Jesus? What does this passage say? So what does this passage say about Jesus? What did, and then the second question is, what does it say about uh, people or culture in general? So what does this passage say about people? Now you're really, about, now you're really uh, trying to understand and interpret when you're thinking about this. Where has this, what, how does this sound familiar? What is the, you know, where, where have I heard these things before? And then find the last question you ask is, where and how does this speak to me? So put yourself last instead of first. When we talk about evaluating, that's it, usually when we get it out of order. And so don't read the scripture and say, how is it speaking to me? Now put God first. How does this, what does this say about God? Or, you know, what does this say about Jesus? What does it say about people in general? Then get to the part. What does it say about me? Right? And then uh, that would be uh, much more helpful. Anybody have any questions or comments about fasting or study or discipline in general? Yes. Tell a funny story because um, the other day John and I were talking about uh, the passage in Scripture about blow the trumpet in Zion and proclaim a fast. And as we were preparing, 
and we were joking. I said, well, maybe I should play my trumpet. Um, and, and he kind of laughed at me about it. But then this morning when I got up, I sat down with my Bible, and the very first passage I read in my reading um, that just came up out of the blue was, put the trumpet to your lips. <laughs> so, uh, so sometimes the scriptures, when you have that discipline, it just speaks to you where you are and, and the word that you need for that day. And um, I, I could never have planned that. It just happened to be the next verse in the chapter of the book I was uh, working my way through. So that was just a fun aside. <laughs> And really, the other part, you know, we kind of mentioned it in the last part of that sermon about live, you know, discussing it with others. Uh, and so find opportunities to discuss your Bible readings with other people, whether it's one other person or two other people. You know, take advantage of that. I, 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 you might not be able to make it uh, to a Bible study that's on the calendar. You might not be able to make it to Sunday school. But we give you these booklets, they have questions, um, you can, I can help you set up a meetup, we call them meetups, that's what Kim, that's what the, the volleyball is, a meetup, and so it's around a, um, around volleyball, but at the end, or halfway through, or at the end, last week, we, we stopped, we read the scripture, and we, and we have a discussion, you can use the question in the booklet, I don't think we did last week, um, and Kim Katie organized that one. Uh, so it's just great value uh, of getting around other people. I learned something from Adam last week. He, he went down the road of cows and their curd and rechewing the food that they spit back up into their mouth. It was really pleasant right before dinner. Um, but a neat way to think about meditating on the Word uh, that I had not heard before, and I learned that at the meetup. And that's because I was around other people. Uh, and so... It's great to study on your own. If you ever have the opportunity to gather with at least one other person, I encourage you to do so. Amen. Ernie needs to pass from Lollipop. I think that's the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> second one. Too. Second. <laughs> we are going to confess.